Well, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Frary and Smith podcast. Before we get to today's special guest, here's a quick reminder. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, and if you'd be so kind, leave us a review on both of those platforms. Also, don't forget to follow our new Twitter account at at Frary and Smith for everything you need to know about Sunbelt football. With that said, we're really excited to have our latest Sunbelt student-athlete join us on the Frarian Smith podcast. Caden, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about today's special guest? Super excited about this one. We got another great one per usual. We talked a lot about the off-season narrative of the offense of this conference and who was going to be the next best receiver in this conference. We lost a lot of talent last year, and this guy right here is definitely putting his name in the running as that top receiving dog in the conference. It's JMU wide receiver Chris Thornton. If you look at the record books, his name is all over it for JMU as far as single-season records career records and he's just an amazing player that's been super explosive for this offense lined up out wide in the slot he can do it everywhere and just a a great player in JMU history and a great player to have on this episode yeah last year Chris tied the JMU record for receptions in a season with 83 while also catching 13 touchdown passes he was named a fourth team FCS All-American by Phil Steele and garnered all conference honors in the Colonial Athletic Association this year he's off to a red hot start catching five touchdown passes through James Madison's first three games. He currently needs just five touchdowns to become the all-time leader in career receiving touchdowns at James Madison. Chris has really elevated his play this year at James Madison University, uh, makes their transition from the FCS to the FBS. He's one of the truly elite receivers in the Sun Belt, looking, and we're looking forward to seeing what he can do the rest of the way in the Sun Belt Conference play. One note that we did want to make, this episode was recorded prior to James Madison's victory over App State, so Chris was unable to give us his thoughts on that victory. But, Caden, why don't you lead us into the interview? Yeah, we obviously would have great. To, it would have been great to talk to Chris prior to that App State win, but he gave us still so much, like we like to do with these interviews. We like to talk about on the field stuff, off the field stuff, and Chris gave us a great combination of the both of the two. He has an amazing story of how he got in his journey to JMU and to that level of success. And also just really got into the breakdown and the details of him as a receiver, how he approaches the game, how he trains in the off season. And we'll let you listen a little bit more about some of the off the field stuff because he definitely shared some fun and great stories about that. So without further ado, let's get to our interview with the one and only wide receiver from JMU, Chris Thornton. Well, we're really excited to have Chris Thornton on the podcast today, wide receiver at James Madison University. He's off to a strong start this year already. Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Now, Chris, you, you know, as me and Caden really started to dig into your journey, it was probably one of the more interesting journeys to success that we've seen in a while. Um, You know, we really wanted to start with you know, that decision ultimately to transfer from Virginia Military Institute after that 2018 season, uh, you had gone there. That was your only Division One offer from what I've been able to garner. Um, you choose to go there. And I just wanted you to walk me through that decision to transfer from VMI and then ultimately uh, what led to you being at James Madison. And I think what most people don't remember is that you actually came on as a preferred walk-on at James Madison. Uh-huh. Uh, so like you said, uh, VMI was my only offer. Uh, like full scholarship offer coming out of high school. So I ended up taking that offer, you know, because I, I wanted to have a full ride going to college. So I took that offer. I mean, I never really imagined myself going to a military school. So that wasn't really something that I was excited for, but I was excited, you know, just to play football at the next level. So on the football side of things, I think everything was great at VMI. We uh, we obviously didn't win that much, but 
I, I had a good season my sophomore year. So, I mean, I think football-wise it was great, but the military aspect of it just wasn't for me. So I ended up transferring uh, or entering in the transfer portal and then I ended up landing at JMU. And the reason I ended up at JMU is just like the winning culture at JMU. Uh, you know, I've been around JMU for most of my life because uh, both of my parents went there. So, yeah, it just it just kind of fit perfectly for me. Chris, I could definitely relate to that military school aspect. I remember the Citadel was talking to me a little bit. Army was talking and I was like, I don't think I'm, I'm really about that military life. So that's, that's definitely understandable, <laughs> not for everybody. But the transfer rules have obviously changed. And a lot of people don't know. In 2019, when you transferred, you had to sit out. And I remember I had a teammate, Corey Sutton, who came in in 2017, who also had to sit out that year. And he really got better that year. He gave us great looks on scout team. He was probably better than every receiver, quite frankly, that we played that year. And I knew that was a big year of growth for him. Just could you tell the people a little bit more about how that year was having to sit out maybe on the field, off the field, how you developed, how you grew and how that really got you to where you are now? Yeah, it was uh, it was difficult because that was the first year I really hadn't played football since I was like five years old, I would say. So it was it was difficult not not being able to play in games. But like you were saying, scout team, I try to take that seriously, you know, just get better, you know, work on my game on scout team, make sure I give the defense a look for the for the upcoming game, you know. So that was that was something big. And I try to, you know, dive into the playbook, you know, just get ready for when I, it was my turn to play. So, you know, kind of watch the guys that were in front of me already, like the older seniors, you know, try to take stuff from their game. And that's, that's what I try to do, you know, just to better myself as a, as a player. I can only imagine it was challenging to, you know, sitting out an entire year. Obviously, most of us in recent, you know, in 2020, we lost sports entirely. And for someone like you who had played for your whole life to sit out a year, I'm sure that was challenging. I know one of the major factors, and you mentioned a moment ago, it, to going to James Madison was a, fam- a familial tie to the university. You know, mo- both of your parents have gone there. Your father, Keith, was a wide receiver at JMU. I read an article that you have seen some of his VHS tapes uh, of his play back in the day. Um, you know, really, I just wanted to ask, how big of an influence has your dad been on your football journey? Uh, he's been huge. You know, uh, my dad was uh, my rec league coach when I was little for uh, like every single year. So he's been huge on my on my football journey, you know, just working out uh, at fields all the time, you know, him taking me out and just, you know, working on my game. So I wouldn't be where I am right now in my football journey if it wasn't for my dad, you know, pushing me to be better every every single day. That's uh, some good stuff, Chris. And just wanted to ask you, I know that currently if you look at social media a lot, especially the receiver position, you see a lot of these kind of crazy workouts, some of these football drills, some of these crazy jugs catches. Just seeing your production, I just assume you're not one of those kind of guys. Could you just tell us a little bit about what your off season looks like specifically when you work on that craft, whether it's route running, work and releases? What does it look like in the off season that gets you better at just being a receiver in the co- at the college level? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I don't really I don't really believe in doing all those, you know, crazy footwork, footwork drills because, I mean, that doesn't translate to the game. I try to do stuff that, you know, translates directly to the game. So I'll run full speed routes with my quarterback. You know, I make sure I get like 100, at least 100 jug catches every day during the summer. You know, things that translate to the game, I'll be working on, not like ladder drills and stuff like that. I'm doing mostly running routes, you know, top of the route stuff and, and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into, you know, having the success that you've had on the field over the last couple of years that fans probably don't see. You know, you're a guy that had a had a choice not to come back this year. Uh, You guys, you know, you can't play for a Sunbelt championship. You're not eligible for a bowl because of this transition from FCS to FBS. What led 
Chris to want to come back in 2022. And we'll even get into a moment just, you know, also playing with a new quarterback. What led to that decision to come back to James Madison? Yeah, um, I think my decision kind of based on uh, it being the first year where FBS, you know, an FBS school. So it's like a historic year for uh, for JMU football. So I, I want to be a part of that, you know, set JMU football out, out on the right on, on the right foot um, going into the FB, FBS. So I think that's a, a big reason I want to come back. And, you know, just the guys, you know, a lot of we have a lot of six year seniors this year, fifth year seniors. So I think I just want to, you know, play another year with the guys. Uh, you know, the com- camaraderie we have in the locker room is great. So I think I just want to come back, you know, and fin- finish on a high note with the guys. Can I ask you to, you know, inside that locker room, I mentioned you can't play for a Sunbelt championship. You can't play in a bowl game this year. What is y'all's internal motivation that is kind of pushing you guys forward right now? I mean, yeah, we can't we can't play for that stuff. But say we go undefeated, I mean, we can we can say we we won the Sun Belt, you know. So it's internal motivation, you know, just trying to go out there and win every game, you know, trying to become a Sun Belt champion per per se, even though we can't we can't do it, you know. But that's that's definitely internal motivation, just trying to go out and win every game. So maybe if James Madison ends up, you know, winning every game this year, much like UCF years ago, we'll see a national championship banner up at Bridgeforth or a conference <laughs> championship. We'll have to see. You know, one of the things that obviously I'm sure had to go into your decision-making process this year was you're playing with a new quarterback, and you played with Cole Johnson, one of the greatest FCS quarterbacks of all time. Just you look at those stats, they're gaudy. Um, And -hmm. now this year you're transitioning to play with a transfer quarterback in Todd Santeo, who has been really good this year. And when I see the two of you, I say, man, it looks like you guys have played together forever. What has that process been like a building chemistry with him so that you guys could hit the ground running this year? Uh huh. Um, when Toddy when Toddy first got here in uh, January, you know he was hitting hitting all the receivers up, trying to make sure we could we could throw uh, like every day basically uh, after workouts and lifts. So I think it just started from there. Um, when he came in, he 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 was a leader already. So it kind of just started from there, getting chemistry with him before we even started spring ball. So I mean, we really been been throwing routes for almost a year now so I mean I think the chemistry just started right when he when he got here in January and speaking of building that chemistry I'm guessing obviously you have some favorite concepts and favorite combinations you like to run with him what's your favorite route to run I know it's a hard question and I know some of these route concepts are obviously what ultimately gets someone open but if you're in if you're in one-on-one coverage and JMU needs a, a big first down a third down conversion or a touchdown you're pressed up maybe you're off man what what do you want to run and what what do you think is going to get that done I would say my favorite. I got. I'll say two because I say my favorite route probably is is the post. You know, just running deep. You know, I think using my speed is is something I'm really good at. So I would say the post, and then for like a number two, I would say a slant because you know it's it's a whole different whole bunch of different release combinations you can have on a slant. You can put your own sauce on it. So I would say that as a as like a one B. I'm sure that uh, you're also happy to not have to play safeties like Caden Smith in the league, too, that are going to come across and just slam you on one of those routes. It probably helps. I know there's still some good safeties out there. Yeah, 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 that helps. <laughs> yeah, as, a, as a, a former safety, I was definitely expecting more outbreaking routes, but he picked all the in-breaking routes. It sounds like Chris is ready for, for anything that's coming across the middle over the top. So you, you got to like that if you're a quarterback and an offensive coordinator. Well, and I obviously, Chris, I think what's so great about, you know, with what Caden just said, with what you've said is, you know, you play bigger than your size. Like you're not a big dude. You're you're five, eight, but you play so much taller, 180 pounds. Um, What makes you such a successful player out on the field when you're going up against guys that are a lot bigger than you? 
Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with just, you know, playing bigger than my size. You know, uh, you got to I, I play physical for my size. Most people would see a 5'8", you know, 180 and think they're a finesse player and not trying to really get in con- confrontations and stuff like that. So I think I play more physical for, than my size uh, implies. So I think that's one thing I had to do. And you just got to it's, it's kind of a mentality. You know, I have a have a different mentality when it comes to playing. So I think that's really what it comes down to. You got to have that that right mentality. If you're a, if you're a smaller guy on the football field, does does any of that mentality lead to any trash talk? Are you are you out here talking talking smack to the corners, letting them know know what's up every week in and week out? <laughs> I mean, if if they're talking trash, you know, I might say I might say a couple of things. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to ask one of your teammates about that a little bit a little bit later in the year. <laughs> but um, Chris, man, if you look at receiver talent across college and the NFL, there just seems to be at an all-time high. There's so many guys out there. Are there, are there any NFL guys that you maybe model your game on? You talked about putting a little sauce on that slant route. There's obviously a lot of guys in the league that add a little sauce and different flair to these routes. Who do you take some, some, some stuff from as far as professional guys? And if you had to pick one guy in the NFL right now to compare yourself to, who would it be? Uh, okay, so I take I take a lot of stuff from uh, Stephon Diggs. I look at a lot of what he does. You know, I try to do some things that he does. Um, Tyreek Hill, I look at Tyreek Hill a lot. And uh, Odell Beckham, I look at some of his older stuff when he was with the Giants. So those are like the main three receivers I look at. And uh, who I model my game after, uh, I, I would say, I mean, Tyreek Hill is somebody that, you know, obviously he uses his speed a lot, and that's something I like to do. So I would say I kind of can compare it to that. You know, even Waddle, Jalen Waddle. So both of the, the Dolphins receivers are kind of somebody I would kind of say I would uh, compare to. Obviously, I think there's some great names on that list. You know, you look at Stefan Diggs and even just the weekend that he just had. Uh, so I think uh, from what it sounds like, you've picked some some really good players to uh, to model your game after to some extent. You know, I wanted to ask you, too, about your relationship with the coaching staff, Kurt Signetti. I've you know, I was at Media Days this year. He was at the podium. Um, he seems like a very intense coach and I just wanted to get, you know, your feel of who he is as an individual and why you guys all seem to enjoy playing for him so much. He seems like a player's coach. Yeah, he, he definitely is. He, he's going to get the best out of, out of his players. Uh, he, he can seem intense, but you know, it, it, he, he's an, he is an intense guy, but like, he's going to get the best out of us. So that's something that's somebody you want to, he's definitely a coach you want to play for, you know, he, he's, he's going to show up every day and, you know, Give it, give it his all. So he's definitely a coach that that make that you want to play for, and he's and I would say he is a player's coach. So I mean, we all we all like playing for uh, Coach uh, Signetti. Do you have a really good Coach Kurt Signetti story from over your last couple of years that just makes you laugh every time you tell it? <laughs> I think Coach, I think uh, after practice uh, speeches he'll give. You know, it's just he'll he'll do something and then he'll say something very intensely and then he'll come right back down and say a joke. So it's some he'll do stuff like that all the time. That's uh that have uh, the players funny. So, I mean, laughing. So I think, I think that's the story I, w- I could say. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, obviously coming into this year, I, I don't know how much you pay attention to this stuff, but you needed just 10 more touchdowns to set the all time mark at James Madison. Um, you're already off to a strong start to this season and really, I wanted to just ask, how much do you think about those things? And if you do, how much would that you know record perhaps mean to you personally, given kind of the journey that we talked about when we started this episode of transferring, starting as a walk-on, playing behind some good receivers, now getting your chance over the last couple of years? Um, what would that mean to you if you're able to attain to that? 
Yeah, coming into the season, uh, I, I did I did know that I was uh, ten touchdowns away. I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know I didn't know that. And um, I mean, obviously, that's something I would uh, I would want to uh, have on my my le- like on the legacy. So that's something that would be great. You know, being in the record books record books at Jamie for the most receiving touchdowns in the career, and I only played this would be like two and a half years. So that'd be that'd be uh, amazing, obviously, and uh, something that. You know, like you said, coming, I had a long journey to get to where I'm at now. So it would be, you know, just the icing on the cake, kind of. Chris, this has become a popular question on this on this podcast now, but we kind of just like to know it. We like music on this podcast, obviously. What's what are some artists and what do you listen to before games to get yourself ready? Because it's, it's clearly working. You're catching multiple touchdown passes. It seems every game. What what do you put in your ears before the game and get that mindset going before you head out there? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of superstitious when it comes to my my pregame music. <laughs> So I've been listening to the same music since my uh, freshman year of college. Uh, but obviously, I'm adding new stuff on it every year. But the main people I listen to is like uh, Lil Durk, uh, Chief Keith, and uh, Lil Uzi. Those are probably the three, the three main people that are on my playlist. Well, I'm going to ask you a hard-hitting question here. If you had to choose one, if you were a baseball player and you needed a walkout song or they let you choose a song Ooh. to walk out to, what is that song right now that gets you the most fired up? Oh, let me think. Um, I would say probably something by Chief Keith. I would probably just say Finito by Chief Keith. Ooh. That's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to trust Caden on that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, before your next work, it might not hit the same, Noah, because I mean, I think me and Chris are on the same age in high school. That was one that, that would always get the, the guys going for sure. But play that one before your next workout, Noah, and you might, it might get violent, but you're going to, you're going to be in the right mindset. <laughs> well, you're for sure be in the right mindset. Maybe at that point I can start hitting some of the numbers. I'm sure that Chris hits on the bench press. Um, but Chris, I think one of the things we always like to do with people who we bring on the podcast is obviously we know the football player uh, and the fans do, but we like to kind of get behind that curtain a little bit um you know you play a lot of football that's a large part of your life right now so is being a student athlete but I was just curious are there any hobbies in your life outside of football things that you're passionate about uh off the gridiron that uh maybe the fans don't know about uh not really I would say I'm I'm really when I'm not playing football I'm really just chilling at home really um playing uh playing a game on 2k or something like that you know watching the show on Netflix or something I mean I'm really not doing much when it's not football, you know, I'm doing football most of the time. So when I'm not, I just, on my downtime, I just kind of, you know, stay to myself, really. I get that. I mean, it's funny. We talked to a lot of athletes on this podcast um, and we were talking with Josiah Stewart uh, last week and, you know, he mentioned he was a big Call of Duty guy. And I think a lot of you guys, we hear about it in the pros too. You guys like to play video games because it's kind of something you don't overly have to think about. It allows you to kind of just clear your head uh, outside of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really a big Call of Duty guy. I'm more of a of a sports game guy, you know, a 2K, uh, a Madden, a FIFA, that type of that type of uh, guy. <laughs> where do you, where do you rank on the team as far as 2K players, man? I know that those those get competitive. They get they get they get fired up and heated up, and everybody obviously thinks they're the best. But where where are you on this JMU team, and what what team are you playing with too? What's your go to? <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll go randoms, but it doesn't it don't matter it don't matter any team I play with. You know, I'm still gonna say I'm number one. You know, nobody can beat me, so it don't matter what team you give me. All right, so we gotta we gotta get one of your teammates on here to talk about the the trash talk and the two K play. It sounds like we need to cite some of these some of the sources on some of these questions. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, uh, yeah, go ahead and it, it, go ahead and do that. It clearly sounds like we have a wide receiver that has just a little bit of confidence on this podcast, which I've really enjoyed. <laughs> you know, really, the last thing we wanted to ask you is from time to time, Caden and I will take road trips. I know that 
we both really want to make it up to Harrisonburg for a game at Bridgeforth, and we're planning on doing that perhaps this year or early next year. Um, but, you know, we also have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that haven't yet been to Harrisonburg being a new team in the Sun Belt. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, what's good to do up there? What are some good restaurants? Like, you know, what's the play if we make a trip up to Harrisonburg? What can we not miss? Yeah, uh, Harrisonburg is a great little city. Um, it's a lot. It's actually a lot to do that you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine. Um, I would say some of the better restaurants are like downtown. Uh, a restaurant called Billy Jack's. Got to make sure you go there. Uh, O'Neill's is a big uh, restaurant that a lot of football players go to. So those are two restaurants that I think you should uh, go, go to if you're in Harrisonburg. But you know what what to do. I mean, there's a if you like to hike and stuff, you could you could do that. But I mean, I don't really. I don't really know what else to do outdoorsy. I'm not really a big outdoorsy person, but it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff you can do here. We really appreciate that. I know me and Noah are going to write some of those things down in those restaurants just in case we get out there. But Chris, really appreciate having you on. Obviously, we wish you the best of luck this season. And thanks for just sharing some of your off the field stuff, on the field stuff and letting letting us and the people know a little bit more about you as a person and a player. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for having me on. Well, it was another jam-packed episode of the Frarian Smith Podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to JMU wide receiver Chris Thornton, as well as JMU Director of Communications Chris Brooks for helping make this chat happen. Before you go, don't forget, we'll be back with another episode on Friday where we'll break down several of the games this coming weekend, including the consequential Louisiana and South Alabama matchup. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you like what you heard on today's episode of the Frarian Smith Podcast, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you never miss an episode. And if you'd be so kind, take a moment to rate the show or leave us a quick review. We love hearing what y'all think about the podcast. Finally, follow the show on our Twitter page at Prairie and Smith for all the latest Sunbelt football news. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.